falling in love. Falling in love. Perhaps when you hear those words, you think of hearts and candy and Valentine's Day. By the way, fellas, ladies, I just kind of, you know, alluded to it. <clears throat> Valentine's Day is Friday. <clears throat> You're welcome. Uh, so don't say the church never did anything for you, all right? So, but back to falling in love. When you hear the words, maybe you think of goosebumps and romantic comedies and love notes. Perhaps those words make your stomach hurt a little bit. But typically, those words sound nice and warm, falling in love. I'll never forget the moment I met Kristen. Uh, I won't say it was love at first sight, but it was close. Now granted, I was only in ninth grade. She was in 11th grade. Yes, I snatched me an older woman. I jokingly say that uh, Kristen was attracted to my maturity. <laughs> jokingly. But when I laid eyes on her, I know I felt something. Whether it was falling or love or something, I felt something. And I, I won't say it was the first time I saw her or the second or the third, maybe the fourth or the fifth. I knew as much as a ninth grader could know that I was going to marry her someday. Now, it took me almost six years of me getting outside the friend zone. Um, but once I did, I didn't let her go. I think that makes me a very smart guy, by the way. Falling in love. Uh, it sounds nice and warm and romantic. Those words make it sound like it just happens. Oh, fell in love. They imply that love is only a feeling and that you almost can't help it. Those words make it sound like you just, like you tripped over something. And you, like you fell into a ditch. I didn't know that you could just fall in love. Now, love is a feeling, absolutely. But it's also more than a feeling. Love is a choice. While I had those goosebumps and googly eyes for Kristen when I was in ninth grade, what eventually made our relationship grow into something more is that we both chose to love each other and to act on that choice. I think we remain in love today. I mean, you can ask her, but... Of course, with some ups and downs as marriage goes, but, but we do that by choosing to show love towards one another on a, on a regular basis. And we do better at that at, some, at times than at others. But let me ask you something. Do you remember when you fell in love with Jesus? Do you remember when you fell in love with Jesus? For those of us who claim to be followers of Jesus, do you remember when you fell in love with Jesus? Do you remember when you chose to act on Christ's love for you by saying yes to following Him and loving Him? Man, I remember it like it was yesterday. I, I was in middle school. I was in my church youth group. My youth director gave a talk. Now, I don't remember what he said, um, but after his talk, he invited us to go throughout the church to find a place to be by ourselves, 
and just to pray and to talk with God. And I remember finding an empty Sunday school classroom and praying and telling Jesus that I wanted to follow him and love him from that day forward. I can remember that as clear as day, and I don't have a good memory. Ask Kristen. That was the moment that I chose to love Jesus. That was the moment I fell in love with Jesus. I hope and pray that each one of you have made that choice for yourself. If you haven't, I would love to talk with you. Maybe after this service is over with about how much Jesus loves you and how much he wants you to love him. But for those of us who have made that choice to love Jesus, where are you right now in your relationship with him? How strong would you say that your love for him is today compared to that moment that you first said yes to him? See, I think one of the main things that's hurting the the church today, the big church, is that we have churches who are full of people who have said yes to following Jesus, but over time have somehow fallen out of love with Jesus. That was the issue with the church in Ephesus that we read about in our passage from Revelation. They had forsaken the love they had at first. Now, let's just be honest. Revelation is one of those strange books in the Bible. Okay, It's full of imagery, all kinds of meanings. There are layers upon layers in the book of Revelation. But at its core, Revelation is the description of a vision that the Apostle John had of God and of the church, and some believe to be of of end times. The book begins with John seeing a vision of God sending seven letters to seven churches. The first letter was to the church in Ephesus, and that's in our passage this morning. In all seven letters except two, God has positive things to say about the church and also negative things to say about the church. In two of those letters, Smyrna and Philadelphia, God gives only words of encouragement. But the first letter is to the church in Ephesus, and God begins his letter by by listing the positives about the church in Ephesus. Listen again. He says, I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You've persevered and you've endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Wow. Can you imagine being sent a letter like that from Jesus? I feel pretty good about myself, right? Woo! I'd be like, man, thanks, God. I see. I see that you see. That's awesome. I feel pretty good about uh, myself as a pastor. I feel pretty good about my church. Hey, Matter UMC, you have persevered. You've endured hardships for God's name. You haven't grown weary. Man, we're doing good deeds, and we're working hard. We are doing it. But, there's a but. In this case, a yet. Yet. Listen to what the letter says next. Yet, I hold this against you. 
you have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Wow. I mean, to build us up and to tear us down. Can you imagine the kick in the gut that, that those uh, church members would have received? You've forsaken the love you had at first. But God, you just said we were doing all these other things. We're doing all this well. We're persevering. We got, we've endured hardships. Man, we can tell a fake apostle from a true apostle. Man, we are, look, we haven't grown tired. Yeah, but you've forsaken the love you had at first. You've fallen out of love with me. You may be doing some things right or some right things, but you've forgotten why you're supposed to be doing them in the first place. You've forgotten me, God says. I'm afraid that if God decided to write a letter to us as individuals or even maybe to us as a church, perhaps this is a similar letter that we might receive. Yes, you're doing some good things. Yes, you are working hard. I'm a great church member. But you've forgotten why you're supposed to do them in the first place. You've forgotten me. You've fallen out of love with me. Now, I want to make something clear. Just as I find it very unrealistic that we just fall in love with someone, I mean, we are so swayed by movies and Hallmark and all that. <laughs> I, find, I find it very unrealistic that we just fall in love with someone. I also don't believe that we just fall out of love with Jesus overnight, or with anyone else for that matter. You see, here's the thing. Love takes work. Love takes work. It takes work to develop feelings of love for another person. It takes work to develop our love for God. And so when God tells the church in Ephesus that they have forsaken the love they had at first, God's telling them that they have stopped working at loving God. They're still doing good things. They're still hard at work. But obviously their motivation for doing those good things isn't their love for God. While they're doing those good things, they've forgotten who they're doing them for, and they've forgotten to cultivate and to develop their relationship with God. They have forsaken the love they had at first. I mean, think about it, guys. We can do a lot of the good things that we do we can easily take God out of that and still do the good things. But we've got to remember why we're doing them in the first place. Here's the thing about God, though. You're going to hear me say this again over the next few weeks, is that God never stops loving us. God never stops pursuing us. God continues to leave the, the door open where we might come back to him. And so God doesn't chastise the church in Ephesus without telling them how to make things right again. Listen to what God says to the church and to us. He says, repent and do the things you did at first. Repent and do the things you did at first. God says the first thing that we must do when we find ourselves uh, to have forsaken the love that we had at first is to repent. 
Repent is a, is a word that means to turn away from our sin and to turn towards God. It is to do a 180. For those of us who have never said yes to following Jesus, you don't have that relationship with him. Kind of what is this guy all about, all that. The first step to following Jesus is repenting of your sin. That's the first step to beginning a relationship with Jesus. We've got to repent and believe. Believe that Jesus died to take away the burden of our sin. And if it, again, if it's your desire this morning to follow Jesus for the first time, I would love to talk with you about your next steps. For those of us, many of us who have already said yes to following Jesus, we still must repent when we find ourselves, when we find out that we have forsaken the love that we had at first. We've got to turn around and turn back towards Jesus. I think of it like this. When we've fallen out of love with Jesus, so to speak, and again, I find it unrealistic that we just fall out of love with Jesus one day. We just wake up and bam. I think of it like this. At some point, we come to a fork in the road. We're traveling, and we come to a fork. Two options. One path, one road leads us to God's path. One road leads us away from God. And we choose to go down the one that leads away from God. And we go further down that path, and we come to another fork in the road. And again, there's two options. We can go down the road that leads us back toward God, or we can go down the road that leads us away from God. And we go down, that, we go down the wrong path, and we go down that one, and we come to a fork. And then we go down the wrong one, we come to a fork. It is a gradual a gradual way of making choices. More and more, we make this choice after this choice after this choice. We go down this path after this path after this path. It's a slow fade, so to speak. See, just as love is a choice, not loving is a choice as well. And when we find ourselves forsaking the love we had at first, I think we can look back and we see it was not because we suddenly woke up one day and said, I don't, I don't love Jesus anymore. But it was because of a series of wrong choices, bad decisions, decisions that went against the will of God. So God says we need to repent. We need to turn around. We need to go back to him. We need to turn around and go back down God's path. Every day, every day, we need to choose to go down God's path that leads to him. That's how we start loving him again. And we need to do the things we, we did at first. Love Laura's take on feeding puppies and kittens. We start out so well, right? Sure, I'll walk that dog. Sure, I'll feed that dog. But slowly, it goes away, right? Sure, I'll read my Bible. Yes, I'm going to pray every day. Gosh, I'm going to be in worship every Sunday. I want to get into a, a class or a small group. Man, yes, because I love Jesus. We got to go back and do what we did at first. I mean, those are the things that we did at first. We, we read our Bibles. We, we prayed. And listen, we just got through talking about prayer. You, you, you are equipped to go and pray. Your prayer life should be on fire right now. So you're equipped there, and we just keep praying, reading your Bible, worship. Jump head first in the life of the church. Get involved. Study the word. 
Remember, when we, when we fell in love with Jesus, we talked to mature and experienced believers. You gain wisdom from them. I think when we find ourselves forsaking the love that we had at first, we go, we can look back and we can see where we stopped doing those things. We stopped reading our Bibles. We stopped praying. We stopped seeking counsel from others. We stopped participating in the life of the church. God says, if you want to stay in love with me, do these things. Go and do the things you did at first. Repent and do the things you did at first. Where are you this morning? Can you honestly say that you are absolutely in love with Jesus? I hope so. I hope you can. I really do. This preacher goes through ups and downs all the time. Ask me one day, huh? Ask me another day. Yes! We, we all do that. Are you like the church at Ephesus and you know that you, you just simply don't have the love you had at first? Well, let me tell you, it's never too late to start loving Jesus. It's never too late to choose to love your first love. It's going to take work. It's going to take time. Trust me. It's worth it. Amen. Heavenly Father, forgive us. Forgive us for when we've stopped doing the things we did at first. Forgive us when we have just slowly chosen our own path instead of yours. Father, some of us are having eyes to see for the first time and we realize, we look around, we don't know how we got here. Help us to realize that we just simply stopped doing those things that we did at the beginning. Enable us, equip us, encourage us. Give us a desire to do those things, to get into your word, to talk with you in prayer to be active in your church. Lord, we repent and we ask you to help us to do the things that we did at first. We love you and we thank you for loving us. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Our closing